Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to continue our focus on spirits, and we're going to look at Scottish whisky, one of the most famous styles of spirits. And whisky has been made in Scotland for centuries. Uh, the name whisky comes from the Scottish Gaelic uh, for water of life, it's an essential ingredient in people's um, everyday habits for centuries. Its popularity around the world dates back to the 19th century when the Scottish whisky industry embraced uh, the continuous still which allows for efficient and high volume production so they were able to make more whiskey than anyone else was making and so became drunk around the world and then also prohibition helped um, the Scottish very cannily um, embrace prohibition as it were allowing its whiskey to reach the USA where it became uh, very popular and then that popularity continued after prohibition as well so how is Scottish whiskey made? it's all about malt so whiskey is made from grain, which cannot be fermented, and in particular malt whiskey is made from barley. So malt whiskey is the most kind of famous style of uh, whiskey, but we'll talk about the differences between malt whiskey and grain whiskey. But we'll focus on malt whiskey first. So for, for fermentation, the starch in the grain needs to be converted into sugar, a process which begins when the plant germinates. This germination is artificially stimulated by immersing the grains in water and then heating them. And this germinating barley is called green malt, and it mustn't dry out, and the temperature must be controlled to ensure the young plants are not killed. When the starch is modified, the green, milt, the green malt is moved to a kiln, and kilning can be done with a peat fire, which will give the whisky smoky, earthy flavours. So that peat is something that is quite famous in Scotland. The lower the temperature of the kiln, the greater the effect on the barley, because you've got that slower uh, boiling. The green malt is heated and dried to stop the germination, creating malt. That's the malted barley. And uh, this conversion of barley into malted barley is called malting. This process converts the insoluble starches of barley into soluble starches, which then need to be converted into fermentable sugars so we can have the fermentation. The malted barley is milled with grist, which is a coarse flour, and is then mixed with water in a mash tun at a temperature of around 63 degrees C. This creates a sugar solution, the wort, which is cooled, drawn off several times and pumped to the washback, and this process is called mashing. And solids can be put into the wort, making it cloudy and adding cereal grainy flavours to the final whisky. Yeast, which is usually cultured, as we discussed in the episode on distillation, is added to this cooled wort and fermentation takes place within 48 hours. And in essence, what, we have been, what has been created is beer, but without any hops. So this beer is distilled twice in a pot still. The first distillation creates a spirit of around 20-30%, to 30%, the second one of around 70%. So that first distillation is the separation, and the second is the rectification. The size and shape of the still influences the style and quality of the eventual whiskey. Smaller stills equals a heavier whiskey. And then the spirit is aged in oak barrels. To be called a whisky in Scotland, the spirit must be at least three years old. So anything younger than that cannot be called whisky. These barrels are, are mostly used at bourbon barrels, so getting them from the States, but also common are barrels which have been filled for a time with a particular style of sherry. And these will give different character to the whisky. Bourbon barrels are heavily charred, and we'll look at that when we discuss bourbon in a future episode. And these give aromas of vanilla, coconut, cherry, and spice. 
Sherry barrels have not actually been used for sherry production. That's actually a, a myth that people um, don't quite realise. Uh, sherry barrels were actually are very valuable to sherry producers because some of them go back uh, decades, if not centuries, so they will not sell those barrels. What happens instead is that a, a distiller in Scotland will ask a sherry producer to fill a barrel with a certain style of sherry, and this will happen for a couple of years, and then they empty the barrel and use the sherry for either brandy or vinegar and they ship the barrel to Scotland where the whiskey will be aged. So I'll have that style, it could be a Fino, usually an Oloroso or PX um, style of sherry but not the actual sherry itself. And these uh, barrels will give flavours of dried fruits, Christmas cake, clove, resin and orange peel. Also fashionable now is wood finishing, so moving the whiskey for a short period of time to a barrel from a different source. So it could be sherry, or it could be port, Madeira, red wine, and sweet wine. And the final whiskey will be a blend of different barrels and spirits of different ages. So you can see on a bottle of whiskey the average age. So it's not actually a, it's, sometimes you will see a vintage, but usually 99% is a blend of different ages. And then of course it will be watered down to a lower level of alcohol, so usually around 40%, and that water has to be pure, so the spring waters of Scotland are valuable, and caramel will be added for consistency of colour, but not for flavour. And the alcohol has to be a minimum 40%, but you will find stronger, higher alcohol whiskies, which are released straight from the cask, and it's advisable to drink these with some water. I prefer usually to drink my whisky neat, especially when it's really high quality, but these really high alcohol ones you might want to dilute yourself, because in effect the, the, whisk, the producer is letting you dilute that glass as much as you like when other whiskies they're doing it themselves. So that's how Scottish whisky is made. So where does it come from? So there are several different regions within Scotland, all of which have their own style, and that style is more reflecting um, historic traditions rather than actual kind of terroir, though there's a little bit of the land is involved as well. So Lowland is south of Glasgow and Edinburgh, and there are five distilleries here, and this is a lighter style of malt whisky, as well as a lot of grain whisky being produced, and we'll discuss grain whisky in a, in a moment. Highland is north of um, Glasgow and Edinburgh, and there are lots of different styles here. It's quite a broad, varied region. Uh, some famous producers, Highland Park has a peated style of whisky, so using peat in the kiln. Dolmore is rich and heavy, whereas Glenmorangie is lighter and more citrus in its aromas. Speyside has also lots of differences, but there are two basic styles. There's the lighter style, and a famous example of that is Glenfiddich, and then there's a richer, fruitier style, such as Balvenie and Macallan. And then Islet, which is an island off the coast, west coast of Scotland, is famous for its really peaty style, so using peat in the kiln, and peat is grown on the island, and you get really strong, earthy, peaty, smoky aromas, as well as some seaweed coming from the, the the uh, seaside conditions of that island. And famous producers here include Ardbeg, Lafroig, and Lagavulin. And these peaty styles are very distinctive. You can smell them the other side of the room if a bottle is open. And some people love that, some people do not. And then there's Campbelltown as well, where there are just three distilleries, and the style here is rich and heavy. So malt whisky is not the only style of whisky produced in Scotland. A single malt is a style which has become extremely famous and associated with the highest quality of whisky. But this is a relatively recent phenomenon, dating back to the 1960s, and it's something that has challenged and replaced cognac as the high quality drink for discerning um, drinkers. A uh, single malt means that it comes from one distillery. 
so it's single, and then malt it has to be made from malted barley 100%. But malted barley is not the only grain used for the production of Scottish whisky. There is also grain whisky, which is a variety of grains, including wheat and corn, which are not malted. And then less than 10% of malted barley, which is used for its enzymes to convert all the starches into sugar. So malted barley is getting the fermentation going, but most of the flavour is coming from wheat and corn, or maize, to use the British term. These grains are cooked at 144 degrees C to break down the starch, making it soluble in water. And then that cooked cereal is uh, mashed together with the malted barley, so that's getting the fermentation going. And you cannot add any enzymes, that's coming from the malted barley. Uh, so large volumes of whiskey are produced using grain whis uh, grains, and so you need a large supply of wash, so that base uh, beer. So continuous fermentation is the norm. And also distillation is in a continuous still which creates a spirit of a maximum of 94.8% ABV, so a neutral spirit. That's the maximum. And it's much lighter in character and style than malt whiskey, but it still will be aged in oak barrels, because as I mentioned before, for it to be called whiskey, it must have been aged for at least three years. So we have these different grains being used, and the majority of Scottish sales are um, blended whiskey, so 90% of all Scotch is blended. And so these are the brands that people are very familiar with. And these can be priced from very modestly inexpensive to extremely expensive and high quality. And Johnny Walker is a famous example of this, producing uh, styles of blended whiskey at all price points. And the idea of a blended whiskey is that it should allow the individual character of each malt and grain to work together, and also of each distillery. So the blend is a blend of different grains, but it can also be a blend of different distilleries, bringing, and also different whiskies, bringing them together to create something more complex than the sum of its parts. Blended whiskey, because it's produced in such large volume, has something of a negative reputation. People assume that it's lower quality than a single malt, because single malt has that one distillery, it's malted barley, it's seen as being more individual and distinctive, whereas blended whiskey, people think of it as just throwing a load of things together and selling it. But it's a lot more complex than that, and it works in a similar way to champagne. Each producer has a house style, so if you like Johnny Walker, you can go back to Johnny Walker year in, year out, and it will be consistent in its style and in its quality, and the same with any other. Uh, producer. And blending these whiskies together and different grains and different distilleries is a very complex um, operation, rather like champagne where you're blending different years together, different vineyards, different grape varieties, etc. So the, the best blended whiskies should be just as good as single malt. Uh, so three famous uh, producers to note. Uh, Johnny Walker has a some peat in it, so you will get some smokiness to Johnny Walker. Chivas is a lighter space-eyed uh, style of uh, blended whiskey, and then Cutty Sark is a very light style as well, which was created for post-prohibition USA, where people needed a lighter style after technically being off the booze for 15 years. So that is Scottish whiskey. So really reflecting where they come from, the single malt, um, very particular to each producer, and then you have the blended whiskey also reflecting a more complete and whole part of Scotland, bringing lots of different things together rather than just one uh, particular style. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.